Kurus have made us all very sad. They've lost two 0 to Japan. Uh, hopes of qualifying automatically for the World Cup are absolutely gone. We're all very sad. We're going to try to tell some happy, fun stories maybe in between in this bonus Kitcast live from Sydney. I'm Harper Pessinger, and this is the Kitcast. Also Italy aren't, but we won't worry about that. Horrible morning. And also here is a man who ha- had an opportunity to ditch all his mates and uh, get to sit in the warm, dry, comfy press box. Tom Williams must be very nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, lost, lost touch with the common man. Um, yeah, look, it was it was a good experience being there for that, but the the overall game was uh, very disappointing, absolutely gutted. Uh, but look, the the coping mechanism for me is just laughing about it and laughing that we've all been saying all of this stuff for four years and it's coming into fruition now. So if you don't laugh, then you'll cry. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have got a couple little exclusives. We're not just going to dangle it, but we really get a uh, <laughs> reveal. Uh, some little inner, inner, inner workings. What am I even saying? I don't know. I'm a bit, I'm a bit fuzzy right Dang. now. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to work it in there somehow. But anyway, Lucas, I think we should get into the starting lineups first up. You and I, uh, we were talking about Mitch Duke starting and we weren't very happy with it. It's an incredibly awful decision. It's, I think any A-League coach, any person who knows football could see that this was an error. To, we needed a late goal. We were all, we need to win, obviously. We were going to need to play more long balls and go aerially. So you want Mitch Duke on at that time. If you want to play Mitch Duke, who I don't even think should be getting called up, I don't think he's good enough, but clearly I understand we need a physical presence up front. You need him on for that period. He's on for 70 minutes and gets dragged and we've got two five foot eight strikers who are going to have no aerial threat whatsoever, but we're peeing the ball up to them like they're going to leak, like bloody Tim Cahill. <laughs> we're still using the same tactics because we know we're tactically inept in every way and technically inept in every way compared to Japan. And we didn't adjust whatsoever. Tom? Ultimately, I think the, the selection of Duke was clearly aimed at asserting that physical dominance from the start. But the, the problem is, right, if you... Like you said, if you if you start Duke, then you don't have that physical presence off the bench then. So mm. you have to completely alter the way that you're playing if you want to continue playing that way. And the problem is we didn't alter the way that they were playing when Fornaroli and McLaren came on. We had Fornaroli who you have to play football with him because his main asset is being able to play quick combinations, interchanges with his back to goal. We're still launching long balls from Matt Ryan on every time we got the ball. Every time we got the ball... It was a long ball, Matt Ryan, side volley, straight to Duke or Hrustic. And like, luckily, Hrustic, his first touch is incredible and he can release players, etc. But what I found was like, we, we just got completely outplayed. Like, 
it, it, there was no clearer circumstance throughout qualifying, in my opinion, than that game in terms of being just like out footballed by a better opponent, and that's what Japan did. And we've always been out footballed by Japan, even in our best teams. They've always been technically superior to us. But one thing we always had was we would work hard and we would make them bloody work for it, which we didn't. Mm. We did not do that at all. These players didn't seem to want to take responsibility. In front of goal, no one was wanting to have a shot late on when we needed a goal. You don't know what's going to happen. The, their second goal, no one thinks Matt Lyon's going to make that mistake after he's made about 35 saves. Mm. And no one just wanted to take responsibility and say, I'm the one that's going to take us to the World Cup. Me and Harper were talking at the game saying... If you look at the players that have scored clutch goals at World Cups, it's always the characters. Cahill, even Yednak scoring a bunch of penalties. Uh, Bresciano in 2005. Kuehl. It's always these guys that will step up. And we've got no one in that team that will do that. The body language just looked disinterested, didn't it? Just mm. nonchalant. Like yeah. no one looked like they cared. And Arden Hustic after the game. Oh, he yeah, kicked we, the ball. Yeah. Like he smashed the ball into the stands, but... Like, didn't but, look like he gave a shit during the game. Yeah, the that passion minutes. during the game was missing. And, and Hrustic, I feel like, was probably one of our better players. Yeah. And on selection, and yes, we will get to the elephant in the room, that is Graham Arnold. Um, on selection, Johnny Stensness starting, and I think should have had a goal, but it was disallowed, whatever. But how is he coming out of the wilderness and replace Jego when Jego's been in every single squad? Yeah. And then Johnny Sainston just overtakes him out of nowhere because he lives a couple of hundred metres from Graham Arnold. And that's the only reason why. It's, it's an absolute... It boggles my mind how he can just blatantly be that obviously biased. I should just say, you reckon you could push the mic a bit towards me? <laughs> to interrupt yeah. there. <laughs> I think show, I think as well, to Stensness's credit, I thought he was pretty good in that first half. But as the game war on you could see that physically he just wasn't up to it yet mm. in terms of his fitness because they haven't played for two months he's not match fit like ha- that's that's the biggest issue with me is like you're tasking for a starter you're, you're playing a midfield two of Stensness who hasn't played in midfield for over 12 months now because he's been playing center half in Norway and played center half at the Olympics for New Zealand so almost a year he hasn't played a single game in midfield putting him in midfield despite not playing for over two months in Norway in Australia's biggest World Cup qualifying match in four years. And who's his partner? His partner is a guy who plays in the A-League. Like, and it's his, his starting debut for the Socceroos. Two guys making their starting debut for the Socceroos in midfield against Japan. What could Diego possibly, possibly have done wrong or Stenson possibly have done right in his short amount of time of pre-season, the first couple of weeks of the season, if that's started, to mm-hmm. make... Stensness overtake Jego in the pecking order because yeah. Jego's been in squad after squad after yeah. squad the, recently. The only thing that I think, the argument that I think Arnold would make is that he would say, oh, we needed physicality in this yeah. game because we all know we're near good, technically, good enough technically. So I, maybe it might be a similar argument to Duke where it's like, yeah. oh, but why are we picking players just because that they're over six foot? Yeah. We're like a bloody 18-year-old girl in a nightclub. <laughs> Where this is an absolute, we're not focusing on how good players are yeah. at football. Yeah, we're focusing on how big they are. This ain't, this isn't footy. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we treating yeah. it like there's no focus on technical ability? 
And well, Arnold's um, Arnold's reasoning post match for starting Stensness was um, was that with Minamino coming inside from the left, he believed that they needed a more defensive player to play in that sort of area on our right side and their left side to stop Minamino coming inside. But even in that case, like, why not just tell one of the midfielders to push back or just have Ryan Grant show him to the outside? Like, it's it's really not that difficult, to be honest. Um, and what you lose, what you gain with Stensness, like, the swings and roundabouts with a player like that, you're like, you gain so much physically in terms of being able to win the ball, but his ball, his ball distribution is just, like, clearly not up to the level of someone like Jago, who can be like a metronomic presence at the base of midfield. And then when, like, Metcalf was pretty garbage, I thought, in the first half. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. I thought he was pretty garbage. Um, and I felt really bad for him because he's being chucked into a pretty bad situation. But to bring on Jego at halftime as the left-sided eight, instead of bringing off Stensness and maybe either bring on Jonro, bringing on even, like, Kenny Dougal, like, bringing on someone who can actually fulfil that role... It was just stunk of terrible game management, in my opinion, because like you could see our left side was dysfunctional the whole game, but Bill was getting so frustrated because he wasn't getting any support. He was going up against two players every time he dribbled the ball because Jago just isn't comfortable receiving the ball in, his, in like the attacking areas. He's a player who likes to distribute from deep. Um, sort of like He's sort of like Frankie de Jong at Barcelona. He's like, they think he's an eight, but he's actually just a six. He's very good at playing with the game in front of him. He's not good at receiving the ball over halfway. He gets nosebleeds. And you mentioned the uh, post-match press conference briefly there. Uh, you were there well, over Zoom, yeah. but tell us what happened. Can we just interject before he speaks? <laughs> yes. Directly after the press conference, uh, Tom told us, <laughs> I just made Graham on storm out of his press conference. And we went, oh my God, that's insane. What happened? What did you ask? Um, well, the Socceroos haven't actually put out this press conference anywhere, but the media distribution will show that he just asked what was clearly described as the media, by the media officer as the last question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest, I was so shocked by his response to the question that I didn't even remember it. That's why I, I really... Oh. It sounds like an excuse. I I literally told you guys this. I was like, I don't even remember what he said or what happened, but it's just like the the effect of him just like leaving after the question just made it seem a bit... Calling Ante Milchich is just getting on the defensive, isn't it? But yeah, look, I asked him a question that he didn't like. and What was the question? So the the question was, um, it was, what does it say about the state of Australian football in relation to the rest of Asia when we're bringing off or bring on youngsters like Falami and Tilio to save the game, and they're bringing on Matoma, who is on loan from Brighton, and Iraguchi, who plays every week for Union Berlin in the Bundesliga. Um, what does that say about the state of Australian football? And he said if something along the lines of, if you want to write about that, then you can, and got really on the defensive, gave me like a really wishy-washy answer, and it was clear that he just didn't want to answer the hard questions. It's like classic Graham Arnold, whenever anything goes wrong, blame everyone else, don't take ownership for what you've actually done wrong, don't take ownership for the fact that you decided to go with a completely physical 11 against um, a technically superior side, don't take ownership for the fact that your substitutions were terrible. Mm. It's, it's, it's literally Graham Arnold 101. And in the, uh, the interview on the field directly after the game, where he was obviously not asked the level of questions that he was in the press conferences. In the press conference, he said uh, something along the lines of, 
oh yeah, obviously we needed to win. So later on, we, we opened ourselves up, went four up front. We brought on more attacking players, but I never felt like we were trying to win that game. And to the point where it almost felt like, I was thinking, does he realise that we need to win this? It never looked like we were going to score. No. No, we could, it felt like we could have played for a couple of hours. And the only thing that made me think we were going to score was a bit of hope and slight flashbacks to when we beat Iraq in the pouring mm. rain mm. at um, Stadium Australia in yeah. 2013. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that was the only thing I was clinging to. Yeah. But in reality, we could have played for a few hours and not laid a punch on them. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. Should we talk about the disallowed goal just briefly? Yeah. Um, yes. You think it was a goal, Lucas. It was Trent Sainsbury yeah. fouling their keeper. Um, but Lucas, what thought, do you think? I thought it was very, very soft. Like, again, we can't pin this loss on that. I felt like we needed a goal in the first half just to have something to protect. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was very, very soft. There's no way if that goal um, wasn't given by the referee that VAR would have overturned that because I don't think it was clear and obvious. I can understand they're not yeah. overturning it. But yeah, I just had flashbacks, as I said this morning, to the goal Japan scored against us. 2006 World Cup where Schwartz was bloody rugby tackled um, for I think Nakamura to score mm. um, and yeah I just thought it was extremely soft and it would have been the icing on the cake for Arnie if Stensness was the person oh. to score I think it would have shot a lot of people <laughs> ourselves included yeah um, I think if that if that goal happened in the Premier League there's no way that would have been given as a foul yeah I, th- I think the keeper just went down yeah and yeah. he knew that he'd sort of mistimed his like his jump, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, like, we didn't deserve to win the game, but yeah. I think this is an important moment to talk about. We're not like making excuses. Fuck, we were hard done yeah, by yeah. here. Yeah. But it, yeah, <laughs> it, this, I think, this was an important moment. Tom, do you think it should have been a goal? I think it's fifty-fifty to be honest. Like, yeah. I can see why it could have been given as a goal, um, but look, that, these are the decisions that sort of. I, I think it sort of compounded our misery in that sense. Nothing mm. has really gone our way, referee-wise, during the the World Cup qualifying. If you look back at the China game, that handball on Jego, which was quite dubious, the mm. Oman game, like very, again, probably 50-50 penalty decision didn't go our way. We haven't gotten a lot of these 50-50 calls, but those, those are the swings and roundabouts, I guess. We weren't good enough on the pitch during the game. So um, that's, I think, what deserves the, uh, the bulk of the analysis. But, yeah, look, I think <laughs> it, Graham wouldn't have been very happy given the... Uh, the aim to go so physical against Japan and then essentially not score that goal due to the physicality. So, mm. yeah. And also, just very briefly, uh, have we worked out if they have goal and technology at this game? They do? I think they would, yeah. They, yeah, they yeah. would. Yeah, yeah, they do, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, to act on our, at our view, it looked like yeah. the Japan header was a goal, but yeah, mustn't uh, have been if they had yeah. goal and technology. But uh, that doesn't really matter, does uh, it? Because they won the game. Players, I don't think yeah, it was to be telling the couple angles they show. Yeah, but yeah, it was very very yeah. close. Yeah, yeah. Out yeah. <laughs> get the measuring tape out. <laughs> Any more game analysis, or do you reckon we just get into the kind of elephant in the room? Elephant in the room, <laughs> Mr. Arnold, Lucas, just go for it on that. You've got a lot. You've got steam coming out of you. Well, last <laughs> last night after the game, I was saying I don't think we should sack him. Because I don't think there's anyone we could bring in for two games that would have enough knowledge about Australian football and 
The response to that is, what about Goose hitting? That's what we did with him and it worked. But the difference then was that we had a team that was predominantly based in Europe, well, completely based in Europe, I think. Pretty much, yeah. Michael Beach, maybe, yeah. Archie Thompson were the only two that were Aussie-based. Um, but this is a completely different situation. The coach isn't going to know any of these players, mm. or the majority of these players. Um, so that was my argument against bringing them in. The more I think about it, and articles have come up tonight, that uh, uh, this morning rather, that... Uh, Socceroos are considering it. Um, I think it might be the right decision to make just because we needed miracle. We needed two game bounce. After the Saudi game? After the Saudi game, obviously, wouldn't do it before the yeah. Saudi game. Get a, because you're not going to bring it. Doesn't matter. There's, there's, there's no green. Yeah. No mm. yeah. It's just going to be Mullenstein, which is yeah. basically what this game was because I only yeah. can coach from, his, from home. Um, well, how, how do we approach the Saudi game? Do we just experiment or what? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't even want to watch it. To be yeah, honest. yeah, five a.m. on a Wednesday yeah. morning. Yeah, who's going to watch that? Yeah, I, I <laughs> am so, I'm so at a loss and so disappointed that I barely even want to look at a football for least <laughs> a week. It's it's so disheartening, and there's so many things that have come into it that are all the issues that everyone's discussed for, for the past four years. Yeah, and we spoke about Mike Marcelo Bielsa. Uh, Tom, mm. uh, what do you think about him? Yeah, obviously, he's, he's the dream, isn't he? Well, yeah, I'm a big fan of Bielsa. I don't know about you guys. I hear a lot of interesting rhetoric about Bielsa a lot of the time in terms of his um, his sort of his his role in ensuring that Leeds are in a precarious position with regards to staying in the Premier League. But ultimately, what Bielsa did for Leeds and what he's done on an international level with Chile, what he did, um, I, think, I believe at Rosario, um, has, has been absolutely phenomenal. He's a superb manager. There is no... Th- there is a clear reason why every good manager in the world is so complimentary of Bielsa because his, his philosophy has had, like, a tangible impact on so many other coaches. And if you look at the way Bielsa likes to set his teams up to play, I think that would be very suited to the Australian mentality in terms of working hard. Like, Bielsa plays a full man-marking system across the pitch with a plus one at the back. So it means if a team plays with a front two, they'll always play with a back three. If they play with a, um, a front three, they'll play with a back four because they need an extra man to um, to cover for the... If a player goes forward, they drop deep and then they have an extra man back because it's man-marking everywhere on the pitch. So the, the benefit of that is that you can always win the ball back. And that's what... Australian teams have been known for is do we do we have good enough technical players to play the way he does with the ball? Well, this is the thing, right? Leeds finished ninth in the Premier League with a team of like basically championship players, and they didn't spend much money. Like Bielsa gets teams to 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 he, he has a way of getting people to believe in his philosophy and getting people up to the match fitness that they need, and then putting a team together that plays bigger than the sum of its parts because there's there's no way that you could say like Matthias Click, even like sort of Jack Harrison, um, even Bamford. Bamford was absolutely slated before Bielsa was um, 
before Bielsa came to Leeds. Scored 18 goals in the Premier League last season. And obviously this season, when they didn't have Calvin Phillips for the majority... They haven't had Calvin Phillips for the majority of the season. Haven't had Bamford for the majority of the season. Haven't had Diego Llorente for quite a few games. Haven't had Robin Cock for quite a few games. A lot of really crucial players missing from Leeds. That's the reason Leeds have been like sort of poor this season. It's not because of Bielsa. And obviously ended up getting sacked. Cool, we know that. But I think if we got... Bielsa for the Socceroos, that would make a massive difference. But obviously the um, the caveat there is why would he take the job if you're Marcelo Bielsa? Got to be a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Well, he has said before that he would like to manage in Australia, which yeah. is, I guess, the thing that we cling to. And he was linked to the job in 2017. Mm-hmm. The thing that Harper brought up this morning, which is a good point, is he will know how to manage in South American team. Definitely, yeah. Um, Obviously, Chile are... If we get past UAE. If we get past UAE, <laughs> which I'm on current form, yeah. I'm sceptical of. Yeah. Um, but uh, Chile looks like one of the teams we may play. And he's obviously an ex-Chile manager. Uh, the games are actually going on as we record. There's, and there's the next game is in a couple of days. So it's very much up in the air as to who will take that fifth place spot. Whoever we play, we're going to be heavy, heavy underdogs. Mm. Even Peru is probably the one we want to play, and they smacked us all over the park in the last mm. World Cup. So, uh, I, as everyone is, I'm very hesitant to believe. But I don't know. The other, in terms of other candidates, obviously, actually, I think Bielsa is probably everyone's. There's guys like Pop- Popovich is another. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, uh, I should raise something we, quickly. Yeah, if we need an Australian. Yeah, well, what other Australian option is there? Yeah. Musky. The one I brought yeah. up, God, no. Um, <laughs> the one I brought up was um, Montemoro. Yeah. Oh. But before, can I just say something before we get onto that? We'll touch on Montemoro in a sec. But the results from last night, the UAE lost to Iraq 1-0. Mm. Um, and uh, Iraq were behind them. Iraq's now one point behind the UAE with one game to go. Who do you UAE? So, and the South UAE Korea. plays South Korea at yeah. home. Iraq plays Syria Iraq. away, oh. but I'm guessing not in Syria. Um, is it, we it, beat is Iraq it? in the um, in mm. round two. Pretty sure. So, uh, fine. quite comfortably. And oh, it could be Lebanon. No, it can't be Lebanon. No, Lebanon's out of it because UAE and Iraq so have to. It's most likely going to be Iraq. Yeah. yeah. Syria's bottom of the group on five points. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was Kuwait, not Iraq, I believe. Yeah, um, and the Iraq Syria game is in the UAE, um, so a neutral venue. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'd expect them to be there. So yeah. Uh, Do you know anything about Iraq, Tom? Nothing. No. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm sure by the time we come around to the preview pod, he'll know. Email for goals. He's probably researching it right now. <laughs> Yeah. And what is favourite? Like Breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Tilios. <laughs> um, we spoke about Montemurro this morning. Um, like obviously he's never managed at all or at least at a higher level in men's football. Um, Neither what did is Alan Stachich though and look what he did for the Central Coast. I thought he was, did a great job. He'd be a risky hire. Mm. And I would be hesitant about giving him a long-term contract. But... If you're uh, looking for an Australian, there is nobody more fucking qualified in the men's game. Like, seriously, this is this is a major issue. Like, 
with what we're producing. Like, we talk about producing players, but we're not producing enough coaches either. Like, the fact that we can't find a single locally produced manager that's qualified to manage the national team is a joke. Because in, 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 in the best situation, you want someone who has the Australian identity to take the national team forward. And when... Like, because let's be honest, if you look at Graham Arnold, right, when he was employed for this job, he was qualified. He was absolutely qualified yeah. to take the Socceroos job yeah. because of how good they were in the air league. Whether you like Graham Arnold or not, irrespective of the fact that he fucked up the first Asian Cup with um, Australia back when he took it in like 2007 and then he fucked it up when he went to um, Japan, like he was qualified to be the Socceroos manager. There is nobody in Australia, like Popovich, Musket, Shaw, none of them are anywhere near as qualified as Arnold was, and it's gone all tits up with Arnold. So the option is you either go for a rogue choice like Montemuro, um, who's, who's come from the women's game, who is managing at a very high level in the women's game, it must be said. He's Juventus now. I believe he used to be at Arsenal. Yeah. Um, Manchester United before that. Yeah. Manager of the year. I don't Run know. Run the WSL with Arsenal. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and don't know. A League, well, W Leagues with Arsenal. Yeah. To um, contradict myself, I wouldn't hire him. Yeah. But it'd be interesting. I, I, I think but there are just worth, so few options, aren't yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, and the thing That's I would say, point, Tom, though. I don't like I get your point that we're not producing good managers, but we've never produced good managers. Yeah. There's never been historically very many Australian managers that have had success. Mm. Our finest hour was Pasta Yeah. Well Pasta <laughs> of course is the one exception. But I don't think yeah. there's many exceptions. Like yeah. look at Frank Farina, look at the yeah. catalogue of Catastrophe that we had between '74 and '06, mm. and who got us there to '06? But that, that's a, problematic. That's problematic in itself because we shouldn't have to be looking foreign. Like ultimately, we should be producing coaches that can take the national team forward. But, and like, <laughs> we're not producing. Well, obviously, not producing enough players can take because we're calling up fucking Bruno Fornaroli and yeah. Martin Ball and scaring the world for people who have yeah. some link to Australia. Yeah. That's, that's like, the thing. We touched before on the attitudes of players. Martin Boy was a passenger, and he looked yeah. like it didn't matter to him. And yeah. why would he? He didn't, hadn't stepped in foot in Australia before, yeah. bloody two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's incredible. And yeah, like he's Bruno Forlalli might have had the attitude of wanting to impress on debut, that kind of thing. But Martin Boy is a bit more established player now. Mm. Like it's just like. Playing for a club, I guess, isn't and, it? Like these guys, no that, real connections. Yeah, there. these guys that we're criticising, saying that their attitude, blah blah. I don't even blame. It's it's just sad we're in this position, but at the same time, I think it all boils back to the manager and more so the state that Australian football is in at the moment. And if you look at the post game, were any of the players hurting? Mm. What? Ryan Grant came and clapped the fans. Maybe a couple other people did. Yeah, Saint, Sainsbury I, maybe was was maybe. I, think, I, think I saw. I'm not sure who it was. I saw someone that looked like they were crying on the bench on one of the big screens. Obviously, this will be easy to see for people at home. We saw Frostich hoof the ball into the stands. Yeah, and then he he absolutely tonked the drink bottles on the bench, like kicked it. Like yeah. very I, I'd say he was probably one, yeah. out, one of, if not yeah. our best player. Well, yeah. Matt Ryan. Yeah, even though he only set yeah. the second goal. Yeah, that second goal was just, yeah. Um, but yeah, Hustich didn't get the ball much, but when he did get, yeah, he looked did some, good. he did look good, but just didn't, yeah, didn't get the ball. And ball. the other thing, while we're talking about, <laughs> uh, uh, 
drop the gun there while we're talking about uh, mentalities of players. Jamie McLaren. Oh, what a joke. Getting annoyed at what a joke. Archie Thompson and Luke Wilshere for criticising his his desire because he's missing what would have been if we didn't mess up this. Hmm. A massive qualifying game in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. How dare he yeah. get angry for being criticised for that? Yeah. How if petty he, is it? If, yeah. if he was in any other country on earth, he would be shunted. If an Englishman, if an Englishman, if an Italian missed a qualifier for a wedding, they would be absolutely... We've got the... And not just yeah, like an established player. Yeah, this <laughs> isn't a shock that he was yeah. not pulled up. It's say if it was bloody... Um, Johnny Stensmith. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, his wedding probably wouldn't be this weekend because Arnie would need to be there because he'd probably be the best man. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, if, if that was the situation, I understand it. And I get that his wedding's been postponed a few times. Everyone's had that during COVID. Everyone knows people have had that unfortunate series of events. But your life as a footballer is very short. And this is probably the World Cup that you're going to play in. Mm. Like, is, is Jamie McLaren going to be starting up front for soccer in 2026? I hope not after this. Because if a fact that he thinks that he's not going to get criticised for that is incredible. Yeah, I should read out what it says for, because not everyone um, yes. has seen it. Um, just on his Instagram. Um, just want to say, uh, Instagram story, just want to say thank you so much for the kind words, Archie T. Thompson and Luke W. Wilshire. But you both don't know me or my story. Seeing as you love to talk about my commitment, any marriage advice for me next week? For next week? Um, Luke, as you were saying, Archie Thompson and Luke Wilshire both divorced, so it's yeah. just some snide, petty, childlike It's obviously a dig. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I can understand the reasoning, but like him, I, I actually fully understand him missing the like a game for a wedding it's stupid and I disagree with it but so be it but to stand there and criticize other people and say those things for calling you out on it mm. is the part where I just think is completely wrong it, it's just, I reckon it's, we've got another five minutes by the way because the battery's dying but right let's, so let's, let's go five minutes of our best stuff right Tom what well, are you gonna say I just think that stinks of a Weak mentality. You're a professional footballer. You're going to get criticised. Mm. You're going to get criticised on the telly. You're going to get criticised in the papers. Deal with it. You're a professional footballer. It's part of your job. And if and the, the criticism is completely fair as well. So it, it just stinks of a weak mentality. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Like, seriously. It's not that hard. There was a time, like, very, very recently, where it looked like all the Australian players were proud and fought harder for the the country than they would for any club because they are proud to represent the country but at the moment it just looks like they don't give a shit yeah mm. and no. it feels that way and yeah Volpato quickly on Volpato I think because yeah well, what can we say about Tom <laughs> well I, I tell, tell people what happened first oh, so essentially Volpato on his um, on his Snapchat Snapchat story, Snapchat story that's it he posted a photo late on in the game when we were 2-0 down with like a laughing emoji or something like that. Yeah, um, laughing emoji and upside down little smiley face. Yeah, mm. that's it. And I think, look, obviously he's... Like, this. we've got to remember that this kid is 18 years old. He's younger than us. <laughs> like, like this, kid, this kid's very young, right? And there's been a lot of rhetoric surrounding his attitude in the past. So I think there's, there's stuff going on with that. But I think there's clearly something there's a barrier there between him and 
the people selecting the team because I think that's what that demonstrates is that yeah. he wasn't To me, it demonstrates team. that he wanted to be called up. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't think he'd be doing that just to go, ha ha, look, I'm re- representing Italy, mm. which, you know, he's got a better chance of playing for Australia in the World Cup now than Italy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, th- I think to me it says that he's annoyed that he wasn't picked, which I get. It is very immature and it's very stupid, but at the same time, you know, like you say, he's, he's, he is 18. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, he's going in a weird way about it if he wants to get picked, because if he wants to get picked, he should probably come out and say, I want to play for Australia. Maybe he just wants to play youth football with Italy and he feel, doesn't want to publicly declare for another country while he's playing youth football for another country, but... Yeah, quick question, Lucas. Um, just because I know he wasn't going to get called up for the Italy World Cup squad or anything like that, um, but because Italy, they've got no chance and we've got a slight, slight glimmer of hope, if we qualify, could we, lure, slight. Yes, <laughs> could, could we lure him in and bring him in for the World Cup squad and, because it's cool to play at a World Cup and he would want to do that? Well, I think so, but this is... We need to get there. Yeah. <laughs> get there and knock off a team from South America first. Depends what happens until the end of the season. I don't think Arnie will pick him now. Um, uh, I reckon that bridge is probably burned. Whether Arnie's the one that's going to be making that decision is different. I think if a new coach comes in, then that's probably going to be one of their first priorities to to speak to him and see where he's headed at. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's stupid. Um, and it's annoying. But I'm much more annoyed at everything. I think a lot of he's getting a lot of misdirected anger. Yeah, it's just a more general point. Obviously, Volpato doesn't have much connection to any of the players in the soccer roof squad, but it doesn't seem like they're particularly like good mates or anything. It just seems like a bit of a toxic environment, doesn't it? Like mm. they don't seem to get around each other a whole lot, or console each other. It's just like they're all branching off individually. And I'll tell you the biggest problem, yeah. the, the biggest reason that's a problem is because we don't play enough youth national teams. So mm. the, the Oli Roos, they barely ever play. Under 20s, they barely ever play. If you look at like, remember when they were doing those sort of, when we had the hubs, they had all those like videos of inside the hub. You saw all the players that were together, the ones that hang out, hung out with each other, were the ones that played like Oli Roos and stuff together. Yeah. They were all the yeah. ones, it was like Jackson Irvine, Jamie McLaren, I think a couple others all played like in the under 20s Australian team, even maybe under 17 Joeys or whatever together. This is where they form those bonds and where they form the relationships, which will take them into the future. And that's another conversation that really needs to be kickstarted in the coming sort of months, I guess, is they need to play more games for a national team because Mm. ultimately if we want to send our players overseas, we want them getting minutes overseas and we want these players forming bonds that maintain um, the strength and cohesion of the national team in the future, then we need to be playing more youth national team games. And to people that will go, oh, missing the World Cup could be a good thing, a blessing in disguise. No, fuck that, man. Fuck that. That is complete crap. Absolute bullshit. Absolute bullshit. No chance. Um, Anything else very quickly before we wrap up? Um, well, I've got a few others. If you want, yeah. Har- Firstly, it's Harper's birthday. Happy birthday, Happy Harper. birthday, Harper. <laughs> <laughs> got a free guys. drink at Ivy last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Harper, uh, as he's walking through, clearly the at Lidcombe Station on the way to, to the pub before uh, before the game last the night. The Royal Oak. Was, was, was frisked and targeted 
as a, propri a proprietor. How, I don't know how to say that word. I'm not the lyrical gangster <laughs> a, himself. A, a, a proprietor of illicit substances. Yes, he was, yeah. we will say. Notorious. Falsely, falsely accused. But uh, yeah. apparently... <laughs> uh, 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 we'll uh, say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, the cops just seem to see this bloke with a mullet and just go, you know what? He's come from the yeah. West. Yeah, I, I, I've yeah. got him here. And well, just said, I'll, you, you tell the story. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try to keep it brief. Um, so um, I'm just trying to walk to the, to the ticket gates to get out so we can go to the pub. Um, but blocking my way and you're on the other side of these people uh, all these cops and sniffer dog and they're completely blocking the path through so I just try to kind of wiggle my way through got to kind of dance around the dog a bit to not kick it uh, as Kurt Zuma would to other domestic <laughs> animals um, <laughs> but um, there, I must have done it in a particularly dodgy looking way or maybe I'm a particularly dodgy looking guy because uh, cop comes up to me and he says have you got anything on you mate uh, I saw how you evaded that dog what's going on in my 15 years of policing I, I've seen how people evade dogs like that I reckon it's a bit suspicious so it gives me a talking to him for about five minutes have you taken drugs before why are you here um, all that kind of thing and then, uh, then there's a media camera filming me as well. Like the cop camera and so the media camera. So if you see camera. any soccer hooligan yeah. stories in the next That's 24 me. hours, that's <laughs> Harper. Claim to fame. Yeah. And yeah, they, then they give me the pat down. Um, and obviously nothing came of it. And we went on with our day. But strange moment. Another strange moment was uh, our, our chance the other night. Yes. We, we tried our very best to get them some of the terraces. Which well, it was only a couple of them, really. Yeah, yeah we the, tried the, the former Rolly one, and Graham Arnold, who's walking his dog. So which you can memes, see on A League memes. A League memes have picked that up. Yeah. Other people are seeing it. A League memes, if you're listening, please tag us in that. A bit of credit. Yeah, please. Come on. <laughs> um, anything else? Dodgy pizza. You had a very bad. Pizza. Oh yeah, uh, the Italian pizza bar in Lidcombe is awful. Not really Italian. Well, that's what they claim yeah. to be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. Yeah, uh, my nonna spat on it from up above. <laughs> um, it was Lubner, raw capsicum, and some what kind of meat was it? It was meant to be mortadella, but I believe it was, it was uncooked yeah. crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, also. Uh, Great to see us cutting some shapes in Ivy last night and, yeah. and advertising the kick cast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that, that was very good. Uh, a few people came up to Lucas and said, are you Lucas Renal from the kick cast? I recognised your voice. Uh, um, as your dulcet tones. Voice of football in Channel 7 in South Australia. Um, uh, I think that's about it. Tom, anything else? No, I reckon that's about it. Um, good to get some of this off my mind. And Lucas, your hands yeah. up there or are you just stretching? Uh, no, no, a bit of both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so one word, who would you... Firstly, would you say Arnold? Secondly, who would you replace me? I would sack him after the Saudi game and I'd try and replace him with Bielsa, as far-fetched as that sounds. Sack him and if we can get him, get Bielsa. If we can't, I don't know, but it's got to be something. It has to be. I think we're after him, we're all the same, but... Cool. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs>